from Financially Compliant Solutions. I'd like to welcome you into today's podcast. And today we are doing something a little different. Um, I'm actually streaming from my studio here in Barrington, New Hampshire, um, outside of the University of New Hampshire. And, uh, well, actually a couple of towns over. We should be technical about that. And uh, this is an experiment for me because this is my first live stream as well as doing uh, the podcast live. So a little technical issues first thing, but uh, we made it through. So here we go. So today's show, I wanted to feature um, Iraq and Afghanistan service grant awards. So that was what I wanted to open the show with. Um, As always, though, I'd like to welcome anyone that is listening. If you have any questions, uh, want to participate in the show, please feel free to uh, call in. Or also, there's a chat feature where you can send in your uh, questions if you don't want to be on air as a guest. So, um, basically, the Department of Education um, put out an additional aid eligibility for certain children as soldiers. Uh, And so that gives the children of soldiers zero EFC treatment for Iraq and Afghanistan service grants. And uh, this actually um, became available, um, it looks like back as part of, uh, in April uh, 26th of 2013, based on the information I have from the handbook. And it says, and otherwise, eligible student whose parent or guardian died as a result of U.S. military service in Iraq or Afghanistan after September 11, 2001, may receive increased amounts of federal student aid if the student was less than 24 years old when the parent or guardian died or was enrolled at an institution of higher education at the time of the parent or guardian's death. There are two different provisions for eligible children of soldiers, depending on whether the student has an EFC that falls within the range for the Pell Grant eligibility or not. So zero EFC treatment for children of soldiers. A school must use an EFC of zero to package all federal student aid if the student meeting the above criteria has a Pell eligible EFC. Note that the zero EFC is only used for packaging purposes. You do not actually change the student's calculated EFC. And it goes on to state um, how the packaging of the student would um, occur uh, if you were having a student that fell into this criteria. Um, This information can actually be found in last year's aid application verification guide um, handbook. So it's under 2019-2020 and you'll find that in chapter 3, volume 3, calculating awards and packages. And uh, just make sure that you reference that. And if you are a student who is listening and you fall into this criteria, um, please make sure that you contact your financial aid representative at your school just to confirm that you did receive the um, eligible aid that you are um, that you can receive um, based on this criteria and we really want to make sure that all the children of our soldiers out there receive the aid that they are due Um, and also while we're on the subject um, I did post and this was last week because it was during veterans week 
uh, the eligible um, scholarships that are out there um, for the month of November. And remember, November is uh, scholarship month, so I highly uh, recommend that if you are applying to school, um, look for the scholarships that are available. And one of the best resources I can direct you to is scholarships360.org. Um, I am on following them on Twitter, and again, I stated this time and time again during um, podcasts that uh, during the day, they are literally uploading several times a day scholarship opportunities, and this is just not directed to high school seniors or juniors. This is directed to uh, college students, um, so they take advantage of this free money, and if you are not comfortable writing an essay, there are services out there that are available to help you write the essay uh, so that you can get your application in. Just make sure you're aware of the deadlines and uh, get the application in. And, and again, you may not win, but if you don't participate, then you're definitely not going to win. So, uh, and some of these scholarships are substantial. And uh, what they're available out there. So please make sure that you're taking advantage of all the free money because of uh, if you don't take advantage of it, then it just rolls over. And uh, there's, again, hundreds of thousands of dollars out there in free money that um, you can apply for. And it's just, it, raised, it runs the gamut. You got vegans, um, you know, if you're a vegetarian, I just saw one a couple of weeks ago for vegetarians uh, that you can apply for. Um, if you are a person of uh, color, there is one that just came out for um, Jackie Robinson's. Uh, he, his association uh, put out one, and I shared that on my LinkedIn page, and that's um, worth $30,000. Uh, so again, just just look for those scholarships, but scholarship360.org, I would highly recommend that you uh, follow them to get all that information. Uh, there is also another um, topic I wanted to briefly go over um, because everyone should be by now uh, filling out the 2021-2022 FAFSA and uh, those FAFSAs that are being processed, um, you know, they need to be completed because there are state deadlines that need to uh, be met. Um, so you need to get those FAFSAs completed as fast as possible. And so I thought what I would do is there's um, some typical questions that are, are out there in publications. Um, the one that I'm referencing right now are 21 answers to the biggest uh, FAFSA questions, and this was published um, at ForbesMagazine.com and uh, the first question is, is the FAFSA for free? And yes, it is free. So if you run across um, any emails or any um, social media postings that are indicating that um, you can fill out the FAFSA for a fee, do not fall for it. Um, the FAFSA is free. You can go to uh, studentaid.gov and um, you can access the link to FAFSA um, to be able to fill it out. Um, if you have any questions that you are uh, looking to have answered, I know that your high school counselors, uh, guidance counselors should be able to help you with that. If you 
aren't comfortable going to your high school counselor for whatever reason, um, you know the institution you want to attend, contact the institution and they'll direct you to their financial aid department and you'll be able to talk to a rep. And as always, I'm available for any questions that you may have, whether you're a financial aid professional or you're a student looking to receive financial aid, I'm available to ask these questions because I've been doing this for over 14 years and uh, I'm happy to help. I'm, I'm seriously happy to help, happy to serve and give back um, to make sure that the applications are being completed in a timely fashion correctly and you're getting the most aid that you can receive either again if you're the student or you're the institution I'm happy to help so and also there's an 800 number that was um, provided by the department and it's 1-800-434-6243 if you have any questions with filling out the FAFSA if you haven't picked a college yet, you just list your top 10 choices and every school that you are applying to has what they call a school code. And if you don't know what the school code is, there is an area on the FAFSA application um, or program, I should say, that you just type in the name of the school, where it's located, and then they will provide you with the school number or school code. If you um, are not, able to utilize that option for whatever reason uh, you can go to the school's website that you're looking to attend and um, just type in their search bar for school code and then you should be able to access it there as well but the faster way of doing it is through the FAFSA um, application because they have all the school codes that are in their title IV program eligible um, right on the site um, if you are looking to figure out whether or not you're a dependent or independent student, um, now this can be a little bit tricky uh, because when it comes to the Department of Education, they consider individuals, if you're at least 24 years old, you're considered independent. Any student younger than 24, you're considered dependent unless you can answer yes to section three of the FAFSA that is basically a list of independent questions. And some of those questions you would have to back up with documentation. So um, if you're not independent by age, but you can answer yes to one of those three questions, or one of the questions in section three of the FAFSA, then that would deem you as an independent student. Again, you'd have to provide documentation um, and there are instructions on the FAFSA. And what I'd usually recommend is, is that if you haven't completed a FAFSA before, get the copy of the PDF form. Um, you can access it just simply by doing a Google search and put in the award year that you're looking for. So the current award year we're working on is 2021, I'm sorry, 2020-2021. And you just put that in the Google search 2020-2021-FAFSA.pdf and that should bring it right up and then you can read the application. Uh, familiarize yourself with the questions and also there's instructions with all the questions that are being asked at the back of the FAFSA. So there's a few, there's a couple of pages, I believe it's pages 8 through um, 10 because there's 10 pages to the FAFSA. And then if you have are not needing to fill out the 2020 2021, but you're looking to fill out the 2021-2022 FAFSA, um, and the PDF form is available as well. Again, just do the Google search and familiarize yourself 
um, with those questions. It's a lot easier. And um, one of the other tips I have for you if you're filling out the FAFSA for the first time is make sure that if you completed a tax return um, in 2019, that's what the 2021-2022 is using for information. If you filled out a tax return in 2019, you're going to need your tax information. And the reason for that is, is because the department and the IRS got together, as this was a few years ago, and they implemented what is called an IRS data retrieval tool. So when you get to those questions, whether it's on the student side or the parent side, um, you want to utilize that tool to pull in your tax information because it's a lot easier to complete the application utilizing the IRS data retrieval tool if you are able to use it. Um, and if you are, it happens that your um, application gets selected once it's processed for what we call verification or compliance, then the information's already there, so you're only going to have to provide um, just a little bit more confirmation of what was put on the FAFSA, which was is usually just the number of family members, who's attending college, number of college, um, and there might be a couple of other things you might have to uh, provide for information. But um, it's it's definitely a lot easier if you can utilize the IRS data retrieval tool. Um, and then as far as uh, if you have a situation where uh, parents, um, it, let's say back in 2019, the folks were together and then, you know, unfortunately your parents separated um, or ended up getting divorced um, in the tail end of 19 or they, they got divorced in this year. Um, then we would have to break out the income of the parent uh, who is currently supporting you more than 50%. And just um, keep in mind that this may not be the parent that you're residing with. It could be that you're residing with, uh, or if you consider a guardian um, as a, uh, a legal guardian, a legal guardian is not your parent. So if the legal guardian um, has custody of you, then it would be your biological parents' information would have to go on to the FAFSA. If you have a legal guardian, though, um, that does not have custody, and this is just a little indication, well, the verbiage is the indicator on whether or not you can be independent based on legal guardianship, or if you cannot be independent based on legal guardianship. Some states use the word custody, some states do not use that word, and they use legal guardianship. If the state you reside in uses custody, unfortunately the department does not permit um, individuals that have been granted custody to be, um, but you use uh, legal guardianship as an option for independent status, okay? So um, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just giving you the information that um, has been decided upon by the legal authorities. So um, just be careful of that. And um, as far as parental income, though, it's whoever supports you more than 50%. And uh, so just uh, keep in mind around those parameters. And again, if you have any questions, I would defer to the instructions on the FAFSA, or again, you can contact me if you have any questions. I'm more than happy to help. Um, my email address is danderson, 
at dasfinancialaidconsultingservices.com. And um, I'll be more than happy to answer those questions for you. Um, you can also post the question if you want to. You can connect with me on Facebook. Um, you can also, under DAS Financial Aid Consulting Services, LLC, um, I have a business page there, or you can connect with me on LinkedIn. If you happen to be on LinkedIn, you can connect with me there. It's Dana Anderson. Um, I'm also on Twitter at uh, Financial Aid Compliance Solutions uh, at DAS hype underscore uh, fine aid. And uh, I'm also, you can watch me on YouTube and I'm going to be doing some videos um, to help everyone with regards to completing the FAFSA. And um, while I'm at it, I'm also going to be doing um, a special uh, event where I'm going to be inviting individuals in um, for a chat on Zoom. And um, I'll be publishing that live as well. So if you're on the lookout for that, I'm going to try to get that done before the actual um, holiday next month. And uh, I'm just still putting the finishing touches on getting uh, folks invited and uh, participating. Um, but if you're interested, please send me uh, your information. I'll be more than happy to include you and uh, see if we can get a discussion going and helpful tips um, on completing the FAFSA. So... With having said that, um, I know that um, things here in the U.S. Uh, with COVID have gotten a little bit more out of control as far as the numbers go, and I just want to put it out there that I hope everyone's uh, doing well, staying safe, and I know that uh, next week when we are all celebrating Thanksgiving, things are going to be a little different. Um, I know for, uh, personally, my family has decided that we are doing a virtual Thanksgiving this year, and we've also extended it to Christmas. Um, we just feel that it's the least we can do um, as part of our part, helping the frontline workers and those healthcare workers that are so exhausted and um, trying to uh, just help them out. And uh, so if uh, y'all are in the same situations and... Um, I, I totally, my heart goes out to you, but let's just, let's make this a good situation instead of being a negative situation. Um, you know, at least we have our family members. Some folks don't this year um, because of COVID and we need to keep that in mind. And we also need to, again, keep in mind of the frontline workers that are out there and they're away from their families, uh, risking their lives to keep us safe or take care of us. Um, when we're sick. So let's just, let's just keep those folks in mind. Okay. Um, and let's pull together for those that don't have as much as some of us do. And, uh, the other thing I want to do is say thank you so much to our veterans for your service, um, and their families. Um, you know, again, it, it kind of goes without saying that, um, y'all, you know, have given us so much and we can give back to you um, in any way possible. So, um, other than that, I think that will end it for today's podcast. I hope, um, again, y'all have a great weekend. Um, have a very nice holiday. I am hoping to um, get things pulled together and uh, maybe do a special podcast on Wednesday. Um, I just have to... Uh, 
get my schedule arranged, if you will, because uh, I do have another job <laughs> that I do. Um, so I'll have to wait and see if I can squeeze everything in. Um, but in the meantime, have a fabulous weekend. Um, prep for those Thanksgiving feasts. And um, everybody stay safe. Make sure you wear your masks. You're not just wearing it for yourself, but you're wearing it to protect others as well. And uh, this is really not a political thing. This is something that we just all need to embrace and do for one another. Okay? So send y'all lots of love. And thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll be talking to you soon. Take care. Bye.